I'm Mika Simmons, and welcome to the Happy Vagina podcast. Coming up, we have Jessica Megan, who shares her top tips on how to break free of the systems and thought patterns that might be restricting you from true freedom. But first, I'd like to tell you a little bit about our sponsors. This episode of the Happy Vagina podcast has been brought to you by Day. Day is an innovative gynae health brand on a mission to raise the standards of female healthcare through the creation of sustainable products and services which bridge the gender health gap. Day's naked and CBD tampons are made of 100% plastic-free, certified organic and unbleached cotton fibres. They're sanitised to eliminate bacteria and candida yeast, which are the leading causes of infections like TSS, BV and thrush. Day's CBD tampons have been clinically proven to soothe menstrual pain by 80%. Find out more about the inspirational work of Day and get £5 off your first order with our code, thehappyvagina, at www.yourday.com. That's www.yourday.com. Welcome to The Happy Vagina, a podcast dedicated to celebrating pioneers in the female space who've made a difference in women's health, equality and relationships. Each week we chat to an inspiring human as they explore the experiences that completely change their outlook, promising not only to educate but also entertain and enlighten. And this week on The Happy Vagina, I am ecstatic because it's taken me six months to get Jess Megan, writer, activist, ambassador for Copperfield, Bloody Good Period and Dirty the Label and star of Channel 4's Bring Back the Bush. Jess, welcome to the Happy Vagina. Well, oh my God, you have the most amazing podcast voice. <laughs> like, it's absolutely delightful to listen to. It's really soothing and, and beautiful. Um, I was that. Thank you for that lovely introduction. It was it was really lovely to listen to. Well, I woke up with you this morning, Jess, and I, I, would, <laughs> I would just like to return that compliment because I woke up this morning. Actually, uh, no, full disclosure, it wasn't when I, I woke up at six, but at about 8.30, you popped up as a live on my, on my feed and you with your community, your amazing female community, were getting ready for your day ahead and doing your makeup and chatting to them about all things empowerment. And you had mm. the same effect on me. I lost half an hour of my life this morning to your live. <laughs> I had women messaging me saying I was supposed to have started work um, at 8.30, but I just said, instead I just listened to you um, pop off about boys that were commenting on the live. And I was saying, I'm going to block him and I'm going to block him and I'm going to screenshot him and block him. And, you know, showing off my armpit hair and just being general, a general nuisance. Um, so it was, but it was lovely. I don't often do a live, but when I do, I just love... I just love knowing where people are from and what they're what they're about because I think actually lives are one of the most crucial like ways to get to know your followers. So this morning I witnessed you showing your community your armpit hair and announcing that you were currently growing it back out again and I feel like we're in a period where hair is acceptable. You obviously were one of the faces of Channel 4's Bring Back the Bush. It was it was a really groundbreaking series. It shouldn't have been because we've already had a wave of amazing women in the 1970s that reclaimed their body hair. But it was groundbreaking because we've been in a period of of, of, of hairlessness and extreme yes. hair removal. How did you get involved in that project? That came about, I got a call from, um, it's amazing how these Channel 4 producers will find you. It's absolutely fascinating. I don't know how they do it, but they obviously have a vigorous team. Um, but it was actually a little company who make programs for Channel 4 and they said, they, they emailed me and then they gave me a call and they said, we would love to have, we would love to talk to you about a potential program. And at the time they actually didn't reveal that the, ult the, the ultimate sort of like, aspect of the show would be me revealing my pubic hair to the nation as far as I was concerned it was going to be some kind of beach party but they revealed two weeks prior to the actual photo shoot that this is what I, we would be doing and unfortunately one girl as I'm sure people who have seen it will realize they this girl dropped out because it was it at, at the end of the day to do something like that is incredibly intimidating and you could get a lot of backlash mm. um and so it was just an absolutely like it was an it was one of the most challenging things I've ever done in my life because I think at the time I still was, I mean, and even now I'm sure, you know, there's got to be lots of things that if I was challenged to do them, I would find very difficult because we all harbor, um, you know, misogyny towards ourselves. There's a lot of internalized misogyny there. And I honestly thought to myself, I mean, the, the main thing, most people were like, no one wants to see that. That's the biggest like sort of like, no one wants to see that. No one needs to see it. But, they are, but ultimately, 
I always find that people say that to things when they are things that they just don't want to challenge themselves mm. on. So if someone says no one needs to know about this, I find it always relates to a woman's body, like body, and it's usually something that people don't want to see on women's bodies because no one ever says it to, to women when they have completely like smooth legs or, you know, no one, it, that's no, no one ever mentions it <clears throat> like when, when you have a completely airbrushed bronze body, but when you have a body that's got leg hair on it, or we were talking about periods, there's always this general, like, no one needs to see that. No one needs to know about that. And it mm -hmm. doesn't, and they try and shame you by sort of telling you that it's a kind of, it's a pointless, like stupid, uh, like, you know, uh, it's private, you know, you need to like it, don't you find it's yeah, so- For sure. Mm. It's also, it is a huge decision because I think doing something like what you did with Bring Back the Bush is a landmark decision, which your career will then begin to pivot around. So when I launched The Happy Vagina, at the time, the um, team that I was working with told me I couldn't call it the happy vagina. Now, my response to that is, fuck you. I'm going to call it double the happy vagina. But, <laughs> but, it is, but it's a choice that we make. It's not so much about backlash. It's about being absolutely sure of yourself as a woman that that is the space that you are comfortable moving in. Because once you've opened up that space, pardon the pun, uh, you, you're you kind of in and, 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 and that's that. In, the, in, the, in the, the series, Bring Back the Bush, there was a moment when a casting director asked you to take a photograph of your newly grown pubic hair on the bus. And mm. that was something that you weren't prepared for at the time that was that your within the series was that your first experience of needing to kind of leap have a leap of faith in what you were doing yeah I do you know what that that because I remember that made headlines that particular story and at the time it was I was dry, I was on the bus back from Gatwick and I uh, and I like I got this email saying you know um if it was a, it was for a bikini brand um and they wanted I basically told them what I was doing I said I'm doing this this project, this this program, and I have to grow out my pubic hair for it. Um, and they said, and it's mad to me because they, they said, well, we need we can we need you to send photos um, in order so that we can basically assess. It felt they didn't say this exactly, but you could tell the attitude was we need to assess the damage to make sure that you can basically, you know, that you'd be suitable for this this shoot. And it was amazing to me because that you could tell. I mean. They, they, they probably would they would probably have airbrushed it to the ceiling anyway um mm. but it was just the fact that I was I lost work because I grew out my pubic hair and some people might argue well if you're going to do lingerie and if you're going to, to do bikini work then you need to accept that you're going to have to remove your hair and it's like but let's go deeper than that like, let's not just accept that, okay, that's just how things are, because that's one of the things that I find so boring is that there, that's the, this attitude that I'm constantly met with of that's just how it is. Mm. That's just how it is. Like that's, that's how, the, and it's like, why let's challenge traditionalism. Let's challenge why it is that I'm not allowed to work on this shoot because apart from the pubic hair, I was the ideal candidate, but because I had these, these, these pubes, it apparently now, like I'm not now representing the perfect idea of like what they would want in a model to uh, market their clothes. I think people get scared that the mm. that the revolution is wanting to override the other. But actually, the thing that I find most exciting, particularly about your generation, is the inclusivity of it. So, in a way, in the 1970s, there was a there was more judgment. Like you were either someone who had body hair or you weren't, and if you weren't, then you'd judge someone you didn't. I think the really exceptional thing that you you do with your work and that that show did is that it it, it levels it out. And and any shoot, any bikini shoot, I believe, should have a bit of everything. Like what mm. we want is for human beings to find in in any advertising, in any TV show in any other media format, what we really deeply want and need is for mm. every single human being to be represented in some way so that nobody feels ashamed of who they are at a core level. And I and I and I think I think that's very for me that's 
for me that's very much about the, the work that you do you said that that channel four have this like exceptional team that like sort you out you're not that difficult to find out you have this amazing <laughs> voice and um and you are clearly a really truly organic free spirit one of the things i love about you jess is that it doesn't feel which we will come back to a little bit but it doesn't feel like you're coming from an angry place it doesn't feel like there was something that happened that made you revolt and that you come in the space in an angry way it feels very much like you're uh representing in a positive fun uplifting empowering inspiring way but has it always been like that for you jess like were you were you born jessica were you born this way I love that. First of all, I do you know it's it's interesting when people sort of like position how they see me to myself because obviously how I am in my head is very different to how I think I come across. I I think do you know it's I I I've always been a performer in that I'm always and that, and by that I mean I've always been incredibly like passionate but a bit scatty and a bit kind of like I just I want to be, I think, I think it's like this thing of, I want to be understood as a child. Um, was I born with it? Yeah. In a way I used to sing outside of shops in the hopes that people would listen to what, like listen to my voice. Cause I love to sing. I always had something. I always had this innate need to be like, to, I like, had something to say and I wanted to be listened to. So that aspect, I never really knew exactly what it was. What was it that I wanted to say? And it turns out it was about, it was about women. And I just never knew that. I never, I always felt like I had something, like I wanted to stand up and say, and say something really like big and just like there was injustice in the world and I didn't know what it was. I had this fire inside me and it turns out it was always about women. And it was, it's just, it, and now that I've come into that, I feel like I've come into my own in such mm. a, in such an amazing revolutionary way. It happened when I was 22 and mm. it was absolutely incredible. I feel like my life has changed in such a strong way. It, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, and your your community grows really rapidly. You were nominated as Cosmopolitan's Health and Wellbeing Influence of the Year in 2019, which is when I first came across you. For me, what's of interest in that is what what happened at 22 and how the growth happened. For for anyone that's listening who is still working on finding their voice, was there a specific incident that happened when you were 22 where you just thought, fuck this? (laughs) I think was it a series of things that happened? I think a lot of women will agree that if they ever went to university, there was a sudden shift in the way that they thought. I was fully under the spell of the patriarchy and I really genuinely believed that, you know, these feminists were just busybodies who wanted attention. And I went to university and I cannot explain what it was, the the, the sort of paradigm shift in my brain of just realizing that it was all for profit. I realized that all of this energy and mental hatred I'd had for my body throughout my life was all for profit. I was lining the pockets of rich men who wanted to capitalize off of my insecurities and abuse my body for their own gain. And it absolutely, I I was so, can I swear on here? I was so... Yes, I assume so. I was so fucking mad. I was absolutely furious and I just, realizing that completely changed how I felt about my body and I realized that this thing that like this body that I I exist in is a vulnerable thing and it's at my mercy and all I'd done like my whole life I had berated it bullied it starved it abused it just been awful to it in in an attempt to try and make it fit into some hypothetical parameter of what a man who probably wasn't going to plan, who probably wasn't planning on texting me back either way so that he could like look upon me and be like, yes, I am pleased with this. Mm. Like what kind of like, what kind of goal is that to aspire to? Mm. But I just, yeah, it was, that was the turning point for me at 22 years old. And over the course of the last five years, it's just become stronger and stronger and stronger. Mm. And I really feel like, I feel like it's I've now I've grown this community and now I 
um, sort of trying to impart this knowledge into women. And I will say that obviously over five years, as you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate, your activism, your stance on things, you refine it mm. and it becomes more, I think I was much more angry at the beginning. I'm still pretty angry now, but I'm like much more kind of like, okay, like if you, if you gut punch somebody right from the beginning, they tend not to be receptive to what it is you're saying. Mm. So you have to try and be a little bit accessible, but nevertheless, I try, uh, nevertheless, I don't want to come off as um, like a pushover. So I am quite, I am quite harsh. You are, you're sometimes. strong. Again, one of the reasons I really enjoy what you're doing as, as, as a young woman is because you don't pigeon your hole into yourself. It's because you don't pigeon your hole. Because <laughs> you don't pigeon your hole. It's because you don't absolutely leave that in. <laughs> do not remove that. Don't okay, produce done. if you're listening. Do done not deal. remove that. Done deal. That was done excellent. Deal. It's done. You don't pigeonhole yourself into uh, categories. And for me, as a woman in my 40s, I have found women like you, um, I feel emotional. God, I always have a moment when I almost cry on the happy vagina. That's okay. That's all right. I welcome that. You know, because for me, my mum was obviously part of the second wave of feminism. So I grew up with a mother who was an activist, strong activist. She was part of the initial women's liberation movement. She was amazing. But in order to be a feminist then, you had to have your lip hair grown out shave your head you know it was mm. really there were there weren't there weren't role models like you who like on your instagram live this morning shared your makeup routine and i think that this 360 woman that we have particularly for young women coming through today who is allowed to be every single aspect of her femininity you are strong mm. but you are also vulnerable and you are funny and you are inspirational and you're kind and yeah you can be fierce if you need to be and all of all of those those things for me that's new Jess I didn't have that growing up and I think that the young women all the women who follow you and are involved in in both of our communities are really enjoying that 360 approach that that we have one of the things that you did that I was like speaking of our age difference and our generational difference so the sanitary towel in the pants I'm going to tell you how that was for me Oh my God, Jessica's put a picture up of her sanitary towel. Second, oh my God, Jessica's put a picture up of her sanitary towel. Then, oh my God, Jess put a picture up of her sanitary towel. <laughs> that was my route. That was my, <laughs> that was my route to midnight in terms of like, like that and that that's that's the system that has mm -hmm. that's what you were talking about at the beginning that is the system that has trained me to think even though i've got a podcast yeah. called happy vagina that i'm like but could you actually like put a picture like because what was also really fantastic about it was obviously it was like really sexy because the knickers were see-through and you could see you know and it was like this is real fucking life people this is what happens for us as women and 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 i just wondered after doing bring back the bush is doing a post like that still something that you have to rally yourself for Jess or is it now is it literally just like this is me when I get butterflies in my stomach before I post something I usually know that it's going to have an effect on people and that was one of those posts I felt very like I felt slightly trepidatious but I knew that I wanted to post it nevertheless and actually you know the I've seen it so often now I've been interviewed because of that picture so many different times and it was just one of those photos that like now I've now I've looked at it so many times it's completely lost all meaning to me I just kind of see it and actually that helps because when people sort of challenge me and I say well actually it's incredibly it's to me anyway it's a, it's I don't think it's I think I understand completely what you're saying it is challenging but I think also it's a clean sanitary towel and it, and it is and, it, and I try to break it down for people I say look if you can just dismantle what it is in your mind then it you, it becomes down it comes down to the fact that it's literally just a clean pad and the mesh pants I mean one of the comments I did enjoy that lots of women were saying well I mean this is very unrealistic because nobody would ever wear underwear that looked like that when they're on their time of the month and I completely agree I just needed something mesh that could like show off the sanitary pad and it worked a wonder. So I, I but when you, you talked about the process of, of sort of the reaction that you had, and that's completely <laughs> normal because lots of women said, and lots of women were messaging me and saying, 
you know, I, I saw that picture and my first reaction was shock and actually a little, some horror. And they said, and then my second thought was, I need to like challenge myself on why I feel this way. Why am I thinking this? And so I think actually, I always tell people, look, the first thought is what you've been ingrained to think. And the second thought is what you have, is what you're trying to teach yourself is what you really think. So we are still used to seeing certain things and certain images that trigger a, a, a response in us that we've grown up to believe. And then, but the, but the most important thought is the second one. It's always the one that comes afterwards where you're saying, where you're thinking, okay, I know that this is a learned response and I'm going to try and challenge that way of thinking. And that's how I see or everything, because I still do it too. So you're not alone in that at all. So we're having to, to, to flip our thoughts. And essentially that last, that last layer that we've mm -hmm. just both touched on is where the self-esteem grows, I think. I think mm. that it's it's in in reorganizing one's response reaction or how one feels in one's heart and body is is where you gain your self-esteem because I don't believe you mm. might disagree with me with this but the way that I sort of see things like that is that if a woman at the end of seeing a post like that decides that's not something that she um she doesn't judge it but she doesn't feel comfortable with it that's part of her process as long as as long as she's worked out whether or not her the way that she handles her own periods is coming from a place of shame or a place of this is who i am as an individual mm. then i think that that's to be in, encouraged and that's where the self-esteem lies in terms of one's deep individuality because just one of the things that has been been coming up a lot for me with um, the community on the happy vagina is women saying that they find this body positivity and um, let's say very loud voice around freedom a bit intimidating now if that's because they're so enmeshed in the system as we've already touched on that they are not responding from their true self that's bad but i think it is possible isn't it for women to be shyer or to be more um introverted i suppose and mm -hmm. and and that's okay in terms of one's self-esteem would you mm -hmm. would you agree with that i would actually you know it's it's something that i don't touch on a lot and i think that a lot of people assume that because i am loud about how who i am and what i like to and the things i express that they assume that i am of i'm against people who are not like me and that is absolutely not true because at the end of the day as women we are not monolithic womanhood is a variety of different people and i completely embrace and love it's like you said if, if that's who they are truly then that's who they are it's just as long as they understand that that is and it, it's it all comes from places of understanding as long as they understand that this is who i am then i can of course i, I mean i'm I, they are absolutely entitled. They don't have to share anything. No one has to upload pictures of lingerie and empowerment comes in different forms. Empowerment isn't always, you know, the way I express empowerment um, by being, by through nudity and through being loud and through challenging people and breaking down like stereotypes. That's not, some people find empowerment through, you know, being fully clothed and, you know, like in completely different capacities to me. And I completely appreciate that I find I really do respect every single person's right to express themselves as they truly are. And I really love what you said there as well, that you touched on the shame aspect of knowing ourselves and knowing whether what we're expressing is coming from a place of shame or coming from who we truly are. And that is something that is so difficult. That is a really hard um, uh, balance to strike. And I find myself, I actually spoke about this with some students at the at college the other day that I was teaching at. And I sort of said, look, like, it's a really difficult place. It's it's hard to know. Um, am I doing this because I've been taught to do this? Because actually, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing internalized misogyny or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. that, um, or am, is it because um, this is who I truly am? And, mm -hmm. and this is just I'm following my I'm following who I am truly and genuinely. Um, and I think. I think like for me, it's a lot of it's to do with self-love and that sounds really cliche and it, I know that how that sounds. So I'm going to break it down. So it's self, when, when you're, when you have self-love, you understand your worthiness, like you understand your inherent worthiness so much so that you, um, you know what to put yourself forward for. Like if you have internal shame, and you do not understand your worth and you're, and you do not love yourself, then you will continue to, um, 
maybe follow uh, trends or, or, or go along with thinking that you don't really truly believe in um, because it means that you can you can stay put in like mm. a bubble if that makes mm. sense mm. It, you're protecting yourself mm. I would suggest big generalization not true of all human beings but women have a bigger disassociation from their self-worth than men do mm-hmm. where does it start why is that why is that so um because I think for me or at least like this is my personal take on it I think a lot of it's to do with the fact that you are not pitched to yourself as a human being you're pitched to yourself as a 2d image and an object that you have to you have to come into in order to be a worthy woman in society I for me personally I didn't see myself as a fully fledged flesh flesh human flesh and blood human Mm. I saw myself as a a billboard an advertisement Mm. a character in a movie I never fully came into who I was because I was always emulating what I saw um on I always I was always emulating what I saw around me Mm. and so my identity was shot to bits for a really long time. Like I said, until about the age of 22, I was essentially just a walking sort of synthetic doll, not to say that I didn't have any substance because I did. And I'm absolutely not saying this is the case for all women, but I think that a lot of women will be able to relate to this idea of you just sort of constantly feel like you are, uh, you are, it's that to be looked atness that, that aspect of that, um, Laura mm. Mulvey came up with. It's just you're there to be looked at, and so we have this disassociation um, from who, from our our identities from an early age because we're trying to emulate something that we've been taught is the right thing. We're not really fully allowed to be who we are. And the and the question is, is who are we doing that for? So if we're mm. not living for ourselves, and we're and we're trying to fit, squeeze, contort ourselves into the image that we think society wants us to be who is that society because the truth is is most men I talk to want women to be themselves when I think about it because I think to myself because I would I would honestly honestly hand on heart continue to be to wear makeup and be feminine and be who I am Mm. even if men didn't exist um I think that we are growing out of this in a big way now um and I will say though that there is, I think it's, I think it's because we grew up in our formative years learning these messages mm. and we carry them with us into, into womanhood. Mm. Um, I think that's actually the biggest part of it because I've been on TikTok and a lot of teenage boys on there are very like aggressive about what they look for in a woman, what they expect from women and how they want women to be. And I remember that's how it was for me when I was growing up in college. And I feel like actually, like as we get older, our tastes and, our, and what we want does mature, but I feel like we are still carrying this idea of what p- other people want from us or what men want from us. But it is, it's, it's, it's a complicated subject. What it's- would be your suggestions for someone who felt that their self-esteem was skew-if? What would be your suggestions to help them find it or rebuild it? Self-esteem and confidence are two things that I wish I could bottle up and give out because they are the key. I, I do truly believe that they are the key um, to so much of what people want. And I completely understand why people want to know how to have a better self-esteem and how to have more confidence. Um, you need to you need to challenge yourself as much as you can. And I know that a lot of people are quite resistant to that idea. And I wish I could just give like, you know like tips that would change you overnight but it's all about you have to challenge yourself consistently every single day I'm doing something that I that challenges me um some things I don't necessarily like want to do because like self-worth and self-esteem and bettering yourself aren't always in the form of like you know the typical marketing sort of things that get marketed to us as self-care and self-betterment like bath bombs and candles aren't actually conducive really they're helpful they're nice to have but they're not actually conducive to make uh, making your self-esteem better self-esteem comes from challenging yourself consistently to do new things that you don't necessarily want to do that's a big one i always tell people that um 
And when it comes to body image, understanding that your body is at your mercy, it is a vulnerable living thing. It, and, and I think a lot of people just see themselves as a head on a to-do list that needs to be fixed. And I really, I always tell people your body is vulnerable. It is, um, and the best way to the best way to maybe try and reframe it is to think of either a child or a puppy or a kitten, whatever it is you want to think about. Your body is a vulnerable living thing, and it just wants to keep you alive. You have to protect your heart and your skin, and you have to be ruthless to uh, about protecting yourself because people will attack you. You will there if you you will be at war with reality. 50% of the time, if you think that you're going to make everybody happy, mm. you absolutely can't mm. do it. Mm. It's not possible. And if you do, you will end up sacrificing your integrity and that will make you feel worse about yourself. So the best thing to do is to understand right here, right now, that you are not going to make everyone happy and that in order for you to fully come into yourself and improve your self-esteem, improve your confidence, is to know that you are going to have to make some people unhappy. Mm -hmm. um, you are not here on this earth for however, I mean, this earth has existed for 65 billion plus years, like, and you exist for, you know, maybe 80 if you're lucky, whatever it is. Mm. And you are not here to, um, you should not let other people's opinions of you and insecurities they're not even opinions of you they're just insecurities in themselves that they are projecting onto you do not let those govern your self-worth because you do not have enough time you don't have time to do this you have to you have to know that you are worthy as you are right in this moment right now and it upsets me so much that there are women out there that are wasting all this mental energy on hating themselves and wishing that they were better and i'm not suggesting that it's just women but you know what i'm trying to say we have been disproportionately targeted manipulated and attacked by you know magazines and the media in terms of our body image and our self-worth mm. we are constantly tearing ourselves in different directions trying to be the woman who has it all but you are worthy as you are right now and i just feel like it's so it's not conducive to a happy life. Mm. You know, you need, and mm. you need to work on it. A happy life, which is, a, you, you've touched on, is a really short life. It's like, yeah. this isn't like, none of us are getting out of here alive. Quit. <laughs> like, yeah. Literally, quit with the self-hating. Just stop, like, and do everything. I mean, it's not as easy just to stop. <laughs> you can to to let go of it. You know, your, you, your, your, your platform is inspiring to many in in that space and you are described as, as a body positive campaigner do you enjoy mm. that description of you and have you uh, look i don't mean to um to simplify because i think that as human beings depending on where our hormones are men and women we can still have negative thoughts but was there a process for you in terms of coming to terms with your curvaceousness in a world that was putting pressure on women to be skinny? Yeah, it's, it, you know, it was, so I suppose like I'm trying to like frame this from the perspective of someone that might be listening that might be in this same situation. Um, it is absolutely like normal to feel like to internalize shame and feel bad about your body. I, for many years, felt very um, disconnected with my body. I didn't really feel like it was mine. And I think the process of me coming to love my body and um, and sort of like make it into this space as you know someone who is described as a body confidence person, it, it wasn't easy, but it was also, um, it, it, it's now it's a role I take very seriously and I love. Um, it's, but I think the best way I can sort of like explain to people how to do it is honestly just to kind of stop seeing your body as a separate entity to you mm. because it's, it's not, I'm not mm. sure if I've answered your question. Sometimes no, you ask a question and I go off on one. Yeah, no, that's um, okay. I'm, I'm it, it's I'm, not because I'm not listening. It's genuinely no. because I'm like, I'm just like, oh, well, I've got something. Yeah. So I'm totally with you. And you did answer the question. It was whether or not you enjoy being a positive, a body positive campaigner and the answer is yes you do you i love fully, it yeah you fully take it on it's also um we've already touched on within the period space that you're 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 a campaigner when did that become important to you was it around the same time 
Yes, actually, do you know, the period thing was interesting. Um, I recall becoming a period, sometimes some of these things are thrust upon you and that was Pardon one of the them. pun. <laughs> yes, it, yeah, the exactly. Pun. Thrust, thrust um, me. <laughs> <laughs> um period no the period thing was actually like i was was kind of given to me because i like i said i i have a list i have a list of uh, you know in my diary of all the things that i haven't addressed in regards to bodies yet and um so there's a gentleman coming up my porch again i don't know whether he's going to knock I mean, the i'm ever so just, sorry about this that's okay he's coming up your porch i'm enjoying <laughs> <laughs> I think we should I think we should feature all of these puns at the, puns at the beginning including um pigeon in my hole. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President, and this is Crunchyroll presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't, right? Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But the period thing was thrust upon me unintentionally. I uploaded a post of uh, where basically I showed my period blood um, because you know companies and brands were not showing um, red liquid; they were showing blue liquid. And I wanted to kind of be the person, be somebody who was saying, "Look, this is what it looks like to have a period. It is just blood, and a lot of you are seeing blood in your in your favorite." Um, thrillers and crime and you know or your favorite fantasy programs you're seeing it all the time so it's just because of the where it's come from that's making you feel icky about it um and I uploaded that and the response I got was really mixed reviews even from women because again it's that sort of like you know a lot of women were like I don't need to see this this is too much and um I I felt it felt really liberating because I think one of the things for me is that when I piss people off online, I know I'm doing something right. It's because I'm challenging a notion or I'm challenging a general like idea. Mm. Um, Obviously, you know, it's important to listen to the criticism because I don't want to offend people, Mm. but simultaneously, I think it's also important to really challenge oneself because I think the reality is a lot of people say to me, well, I'm, I I feel upset and I feel offended. And I was like, well, I also would challenge you to challenge yourself and on your internal thinking, because actually maybe it's just because you maybe it's it maybe it's not because you're offended maybe it's just because you don't necessarily you're not used to seeing it and that's Mm. completely different and Mm. I'm not going to stifle my myself um to make you comfortable Mm. but I I didn't mean to become a sort of period campaigner but of course like it was fantastic because you know after that it was crazy I had brands like on my doorstep basically just like trying to sort of like get me to promote everything from like you know sustainable tampons and pads and cups and periods are a subject that I am by no means like an expert on I just know that there is a stigma and that stick and people will often say this is the thing that frustrates me the most is people will say there is no stigma there is no issue like you know um women you know we we just don't need to hear about it we just don't need to see it it's not there's no stigma we just and it's like it's interesting because you're saying there's no stigma but you're also telling me that I shouldn't talk about it yeah it's literally like it's existing (laughs) these two things can't coexist what are you saying like what are you talking about if you were fine with it you would genuinely not react if it was something that was normal to you you wouldn't react at all Mm. and it's just it's interesting people's thinking and I learn a lot from having these conversations with people and especially online but I like I like it. And I think the thing I like the most is that it is considered such a 
like obviously we know that you know trans and non-binary people have periods too but it's considered by general society overall as a woman's issue right mm -hmm. and people carry so much internalized misogyny um particularly women do i know they do because they become ashamed and embarrassed when mm. it comes to talking about periods it's honestly seen i don't know if you feel this in these mm. sorts of spaces pubic hair periods um you know but with, with regards you know body image stuff like in that way is often seen as a woman's issue mm. and therefore they like they feel kind of embarrassed mm. it's like i it's, it's so it's so interesting it's so hard to explain but i'm sure people listening will understand this kind of that's seen as a bit hippie a bit 70s a bit feminist no one wants to hear it it's too loud do you see what i'm saying yeah for sure but also boys are taken still still today which we're campaigning to change still today uh, young men young boys are taken out of the room when girls are taught about periods and yes the bottom yeah. line is is that without periods there would be no life <laughs> like yeah. literally and, the literally... womb and the period and the monthly cycle is where life comes from and i think you know if we could all human beings deeply connect to that and celebrate it in whatever way is right for you you don't necessarily have to put up an image of period blood absolutely feed, no but like yeah, it can be sure. an internal deep-rooted acceptance of it i think as human beings we'd all be a lot more connected to our bodies which is the thing that you were touching on in the last part of the chat it's like how can we be connected to ourselves and therefore deeply well as human beings if we don't if we don't allow ourselves to integrate where life comes from you know it's I, I love what you're saying and honestly it that is exactly how I feel about it and I it's like if you upload if I upload a photo today mm. of a bald shaved leg mm. no one reacts if mm. I upload a photo of a hairy leg mm. immediately that's we don't need to see that that's a that's a woman that's that's a that's that's too much that's um it, and people are immediately embarrassed by it and mm. I myself have even felt like especially recently because I have been talking about these things so often you just feel the general like um I can almost hear my like you know the 50 year old men in the room telling me no one wants to hear this mm. like shut the fuck up mm. like it's a f it's immediately because I in, even in my like you know five five years of doing of, of doing feminism of being a feminist I still hear that voice of no one wants to hear this yeah it's too much yeah. like no one cares you're overreacting mm. it's it, and it's always interesting to me how this is suddenly turned into a hysterical feminist thing i can hear it i can hear the oh you know the sort of like because every when i grew up um in my formative years learning about feminism it was always about these burning the bra you know it was always a bit like oh they're just you know they're just fighting over nothing it's the mm. same thing and mm. it just every time i talk about periods and pubic hair i feel like i can hear that mm. that that voice is still there yeah so and, and it's and it's and it's as though the the second wave of feminism that you're referencing needed to be angry and i think what you're really fighting for is integration you know yes back to this idea yes. just let's just normalize it and integrate it mm. in order to keep the period space free what do you think still needs to happen or is it just more of the same is it just that you just need to keep going no, I think I think it's I think it's it's it, it, I mean it, it, it's an accumulation of things. I think the education point that you touched on is really really important. Obviously, like you said, we we you, know, you get taken out the room, you get separated. So boys learn from in their formative years that it's a shameful thing and it's something that they shouldn't be knowing about. And that straight away, the straight from the bat, they learn that. The second thing is my view on a lot of the like like the activism, trying to normalize things, trying to like, like, you know, integrate ideas into society is I often baptize with fire. So I like the blood pictures, mm. right? That to a lot of people is very like, whoa, right? So I think my role as somebody who has, um, has sort of, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, it's completely gone but created I, I sort of created this platform and I'm sort of like you know well known for my very strong opinions on things so I think my role in this space is to 
be continue to be as like almost as controversial as I can be without getting completely kicked off the platform because at the end of the day like as much as like I want to fight for these rights I still don't want to lose my voice completely and and these platforms are very very conducive to me being able to do that so I I want to be able to I want to I still want to push boundaries as much as I can Mm. so that when a man or you know whoever sees a clean sanitary pad Mm. they're not going to freak out because they've already seen like Mm. the absolute do you see what i'm saying mm, and maybe it's it to extremes maybe it's a maybe it's a bit of a strange way to think but i always thought like if i one of the ways to normalize things is to because everyone is always going to think right that this this is the extreme um it, they're always going to think that the next state like me i thought the sanitary pad thing was pretty like pretty tame in comparison <laughs> to the blood thing yeah right but people thought that was really extreme right yeah so even just for some people, even just the mention of a tampon is extreme, you know, and someone dropping a tampon out of their bag is, whoa, like I've seen, ta- do you know what I mean? So people have different, like, people have different sort of like limits and boundaries. So I always think, right, what if I push that limit right to the very brink and then they've seen it and they go, oh my God, like that, they've seen like the the worst, it's not the worst, but you know what I'm saying. They've seen the very extreme. And so that the next time they see something a little bit less, it doesn't affect them so much. So that's how I view my role. That's not necessarily what I'm saying everyone should do. And sometimes people will say baby steps, baby steps. But sometimes I think, nah, let's not do baby steps. Mm. Let's go to the very, very edge. No, but you have to, you have to. And then, and then what I hear you saying is that then people almost work backwards and process it and probably land in what let's just use the word normal to for as a shorthand but they'll sure, land yeah. back in a space where yeah. they don't necessarily need to be taking their sanitary towel out in the pub in front of everyone but at least they won't feel like they have to pretend to people they don't have their period as yeah. an example i would exactly. suggest jess based on what you've just said that you're like the world's therapist for women <laughs> because that is actually kind of a therapeutic process that therapists will do with a client or oh, what dropping people into like the Push. absolute yeah i know what you mean what is it called it's exposure therapy isn't it that's kind that's it that's what i'm doing why didn't i just say that it's exposure therapy that's what i'm trying to do I'm basically like, I'm basically just trying to sort of shock people into so that when they've they've seen it (laughs) and then the next time they'll see something far less like invasive, they'll be like, oh, I've seen all that before. I've seen way worse. Jess Megan absolutely took it there. So So that's kind of what I'm thinking, yeah. So we now have to add to activist, model, body positive (laughs) campaigner, ambassador for all those amazing charities, star (laughs) of Bring Back the Bush, exposure, therapist <laughs> jessica megan exposure <laughs> therapist in fact i think you probably just get rid of all of the other titles and just be <laughs> reframe and a, and a new positioning for yourself exposure <laughs> therapist for you personally what has been your experience with your own vaginal health and gynecological well-being what's your journey been like for that so i'm so excited you asked this question i don't know i just need to take a minute i think it's honestly because I really want to talk about this. I've never had the opportunity to talk about it. Like really, I could obviously I have a platform that I'm happy to talk about it on, but it's just great to like have somebody ask, right? So I have had the most insane like journey with my vagina, like like for so long. And I honestly like, okay. So it all started, I think when I was 19, okay. Mm. That's when it started to get really gnarly. Mm. And basically like I, so I had sex with this guy. Okay, we can talk about this, right? Hundred percent. So like, great. Hundred percent. Ten thousand percent. Yeah, awesome. So I'm gonna like take you on a journey because I feel like I I hardly there are so many things that like I don't hear about, and then I hear them on like podcasts, and I'm like, oh my god, I had that exact same experience. So if anyone out there has had this experience, like, oh my god, like that would be amazing. But I sex with this guy. He gave me genital warts. Right. Mm. Straight off the bat terrible like really like I thought I had some kind of weird skin tag issue and the nurse was like no you've got genital warts Mm. here's this stuff called watercon right now on she didn't really stress how important it was that I apply this stuff in like dollops tiny little dollops to the wart and it would eventually like 
burn them away okay and this was when i was yet yeah, like 19 years old but i didn't know that and as you can imagine 19 years old i was panicking okay mm. i was feeling really embarrassed that i had had contracted this disease um so what i did was i liberally applied this stuff everywhere okay like over all over vulva. my vagina over my vulva my perineum like around my like butthole oh. everywhere i put it all over the place now this stuff now Get i didn't burn. know this so I didn't realize this, but I thought it was terrible, right? So what happened was it has completely, and ever since then I've experienced like, like my perineum, like is like, it splits open a lot. And, but I, I spoke to my, apparently I've got, it, it, I think it gave me vaginal eczema, this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I have had vaginal eczema for ages and I go through phases of it. So every, sometimes it's worse than others. But I have been experienced, so I, I was experiencing like recurring thrush, even though I am so like, I never use soaps down there. I'm so, so like specific about what I do with my vagina because I love my vagina and I have a real affinity with my vagina. I'm always like checking in on it and making sure that it's like essentially happy. I want it to be a happy vagina because if you don't have a happy vagina, let's face it, it's incredibly uncomfortable and awful. Mm. So I've had eczema for mm. years and um i've had, diagnosed I had, the vaginal eczema have you had it yes. di actually diagnosed as vaginal eczema and the skin gets thin and cracks and a, a yes. bit itchy and then thin and cracks so i had that when i was in my i'd say late 20s early 30s and i and it does pass i just want to say that to you for a start and also food can really help so i don't know whether or not you eat dairy but actually giving up dairy was a primary part of me getting rid of it and also starflower cream was really phenomenal interesting the, the, yeah the thing to really look at is what's going on in your gut it, i would suggest even if it was a response to the genital wart cream looking at what you're putting in your gut is absolutely like you cannot stress it enough what you put in your gut comes out through your vagina and the vagina's ph is so sensitive that unless we look after what's in our gut it will respond in a negative way if you've got an underlying condition. So I don't believe that the gut causes it. It's just that if you are blessed with some uh, challenges in terms of your skin, your vulva and, 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 and vaginal skin, because mine was actually up inside of the vagina as well, then if you don't also look after what goes in your gut, then you're going to exacerbate it. I honestly am loving this conversation because I actually have never spoken about this with anybody before. And it is truly like it plagued me for ages. I don't, I'm vegan, so I don't eat dairy, but um, I know for, I know exactly what you mean in terms of like, I mean, okay. So I feel like women are not, it's not stressed enough how cr like crucially important pH is like you just mentioned. And I feel like, cause Honestly, there are things that I have done to my vagina, like in terms of like the way I've washed it, douched it, like, and all this stuff. Like, and I feel like that aspect of the education is just completely glossed over. It really is so incredibly important. And I'm not just saying that to be like, it's, if you want, if you don't have a happy vagina, like honestly, your life is going to be incredibly difficult mm. because you can feel it. Your vagina lets you know Mm. when it's not happy and you will know it all the time so I had like I had like last year I had consistently recurring thrush or what I thought was recurring thrush and then they told me I had bacterial vaginosis and it wasn't bacterial vaginosis and then it was eczema um and then you know I was it's just trying and it's just like they constantly I kept saying no soap and I was like I haven't washed my vagina with soap for, for so many years yeah. I love having a bath can't really use bubble bath though um and I have, I've just had an absolute like nightmare of it. And people would assume, right? Because I am so all about vaginas and talking mm. about women's bodies mm. that I have a better handle on this. But the reality is like your vagina is kind of, it feels like it feels like it's in a world of its own sometimes because it's just like, it's, it just, it kind of, it reacts to so many different things. And I feel like for a while, I thought my vagina was allergic to penises because it was just like, every time I had sex, there would be a flare up. My partner and I constantly, whenever we had sex, flare up every time. And then it was a three week wait until it went down and everything was safe again, do it again, it flared up again. But it, it just, and then one day it just stopped happening and we yeah. I couldn't figure out what it was. And I thought maybe it was something to do with the fact that I was sticking the vagina, the, the vagina, the shower head, like, and jet washing my vagina afterwards to try and get out what I thought was the source of the issue, the semen. 
but it, is it turns possible out to be allergic actually yeah, it to, is. To, to, it to is. semen so so it is it is possible that you are having an allergic reaction but what i want you to know is that what you've just described to me i went through and so many women that i have spoken to whether it be in terms of the happy vagina or just my my intimate friend group have been through a very similar experience and i think one of the things and part of the reason that i love you in this work is that we don't hold you say it feels like a, a separate like it's a, it's a separate part of your body i can't quite remember what you said but you said sometimes i feel like it's a world of its own okay mm, yeah it is jess it's our reproductive it's like it's like <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's like it's the goddess, <laughs> and and um, I think that the body, sadly, in the same way that a pain pattern, let's say you put your shoulder out and it will take six, like you'll you'll heal it, you'll have some physio, you'll do the exercises, but it takes a process for things to move through the body and leave because there'll be an energetic response, there'll be a physiological response, and there's a whole load of stuff going on to get rid of it. It's exactly the same, and 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 I and I want you to know that you will come through this experience if you if it hasn't completely gone and it might flare up again. The bit that's upsetting is that no one tells us. So I think when it happens, it frightens us, and it isn't something to be frightened of. It's a part of our body in the same way that you might have a period when you get ulcers in your mouth, or you may have cold sores on your lips, and they may be recurring. But what's really interesting about your frustration is that what i hear is that some of the frustration is that that area of the body is still steeped in shame not for you but the the lack of understanding and education around it means that yeah. we get we get frightened we we still so you're who you are this like trailblazing amazing pioneering block busting shame busting woman and still the concept that you may have to go through this in that area of your body for the rest of your life is devastating it's devastating mm. Mm, it's like is yeah. this it is this it? Am I going to have to yeah. be like someone who has to really be so thoughtful about my gynecological and reproductive health for the rest of my life? And I think that it would be just so fantastic if people did speak more about it like you and I have so that women going through it don't need to feel frightened, you know, because yeah. it's frightening. It is. And I really I'm, I really love what you just said as well, because I think I think it is it is frustrating. Honestly, like I. I think it's an area of my body that obviously it's it's kind of at the center of a lot of my work and even despite that I feel like it frustrated me so much that I was like oh my god like do I actually have to forego using all of these like you know I can't use bubble bath all of these like new things I've all of these things I can't do when actually you know I shouldn't have ever been really doing them anyway but I just wasn't taught that you know I wasn't taught like you're not supposed to use these products like on your vagina you're not supposed to like mess with it in this way you're supposed to leave it alone and but it's because we've been like the sh like shaving like shaving around your the hole of the vagina obviously when i have dry skin down there is going to wind it up so i don't do that mm. but it's like for a while i was like oh i can't believe i can't it was and it was like no but it's like i, I was like i can't believe i can't do that mm. like it's annoying but actually, I should never have done it. I just never no one ever taught. Yeah, I, also, I was just never taught this stuff. Well, also, no? there is some um, evidence to show that the bacteria that live in hair around the vagina is actually a really important part of the cleansing process. Yeah. If we consistently yeah. remove it, and just for everyone that's listening, I don't want people to think I can never have a, a wax or a shave again. You can. It's just about the fact that we constrict ourselves into a rhythm that doesn't allow our body's natural rhythms to come back through again so shave or wax when you go on holiday if that's what you want to do and yeah, then in the sure. winter let it grow back let, let the yeah. vagina have its natural state you know and yeah. and 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 i do think these things need to be taught at, at a at, at, and, and spoken about mm, yeah i do too i really because the want... vagina is self-cleaning yeah the vagina is literally like it's so it has it's it's so specific in terms of like what it in terms of its needs because at the end of the day like it produces children and it has periods and it is like one of the most fantastic biological marvels ever the vagina ever. is incredible it <laughs> really is it's fantastic i love my vagina i just I just don't sometimes I sometimes I do feel like I'm just screaming at it like what do you want 
what do you want? Like, I yeah. don't understand. And I just need, like, I think that if I had just been armed with better information from an earlier age, because when you're sh ashamed of something, you don't, you don't connect, you don't form the pathways and the knowledge that you will need mm -hmm. to like deal with the problem. You mm -hmm. just create shame around it and that's it. And then obviously things get left, things don't get addressed. And so for years I had these horrible like scars and like scratches and it was seeping and it was uncomfortable mm. and it stung. Like showering, even I just know. showering it with water, it stung like I I've never known before. And I used to sit in the shower and cry because it was so bad. I mean, this mm. wasn't even that long ago. This was fairly recent. I, mm. you know, so it's, it's just frustrating that I've like been carrying these issues for years. And every time I went to a GP, it was always, you feel like no one's really understanding what it is you need or what you're saying. And you're trying mm. to explain to them, like, look, I, I, this, these are my issues. I've had these issues for ages. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, it's, but I'm just, I just wanted to, I mm. wanted to talk about it because I just, felt like maybe there's someone out there that um, mm. i mean this is the happy vagina podcast i'm sure it's been addressed many times but god no. i hope i just think at least you know somebody out there might listen to me talk about it and they might go oh you know like sh she has it too <laughs> i'm really 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 happy you shared it and most of the time on the happy vagina it's me spilling out <laughs> all of my i'll tell you anything i will tell you anything i, think, I have I... yeah I think, I think, I think, I think the Happy Vagina episode two, Jessica Megan, is definitely going to be in the next season. I think maybe we just do a mini series. Maybe we need to go and look at these issues. Maybe we need to put together an actual investigative. Maybe we need to put together a pigeon in a hole. No, maybe we need to do some investigating into it together, Jess, because I think that the other, uh, the other aspect of it is the energetics that land. They land. Mm in our bodies you know yeah it's possible that the young man who it's possible he didn't know or if he did know then it's possible that some of the shame that he carried was passed on to you energetically so it's really important that we look at ourselves in a really full 360 go and get craniosacral therapy have someone put their hand on your sacrum and bring the energetics down and clear flush your system out because we are as human beings we are energy we are fluids and we are soft tissue and then we're hard tissue you know and those four aspects of our bodies we have to clear all of them we have to clear everything up so uh, meditations chakra meditations connecting down to that area when you sit and just you know having a conversation with it i remember once i had recurring um uh eczema and i was on holiday in spain i could feel it coming on and i just sat and i just meditated on it and i had a conversation with it and just said it's okay you're safe you know i just basically had a conversation with that area of my body uh, which I think at the time, because it was way before the happy vagina, I hadn't understood that it was the vulva that I was talking to, but I was telling it to calm down and, and it didn't need to flare up. You don't, I was telling my body, you don't need to flare up and it didn't flare up. You know, so all of these these areas need to uh, be addressed and looked at as women. We need a 360, so do men but I'm really only interested in women. Um, <laughs> so am I. <laughs> 360, 360 approach to our health. We have to come at it from every angle. Um, Jess, we now have run out of time. I'm going to let you go. Okay. I want to ask you what your definition of freedom for your vagina is today. Um, my definition of freedom for my vagina is fairly straightforward. It's the ability to do exactly as I please with it without without judgment from others. Um, even though despite the judgment, I'm still going to continue to treat and do what I like with my vagina, regardless of other people's judgments and opinions. Um, I'm very, I'm very much um, an advocate of women doing whatever they want with their vaginas how many wh whoever wants to put their mouth on it whoever wants to put their penis in it and whatever else happens is completely down to me sexual freedom or vaginal freedom is at the top of my list in terms of what i advocate for so thank you for the question <laughs> jess i love you thank you for coming on the happy vagina 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to episode two when that happens. It'll probably take me another six. Maybe I should book you now. Take another six <laughs> months to get. Maybe you, you should. I, honestly, I think I don't think it will be as difficult next time. But honestly, I would love to join you for another one. Thank you for coming on. It's been an exceptional episode. Have an amazing day. You too. Bye. And a very special thank you to our partners of this week's episode, Day. Day's cramp-soothing CBD tampons are proven to reduce menstrual pain by 80% in clinical trials. Find out more about the inspirational work of Day and get £5 off your first order with code THEHAPPYVAGINA at www.yourday.com. That's www.yourday.com. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.